0: This is a CNA podcast. We'll go for some quick fire questions. In a few words, can you give us your thoughts on the following? When to get life insurance?
1: When you need it.
0: <laughs> How much to spend
1: on this? It depends on your needs.
0: All right. Whole life or term?
1: Term, most of the time. Sometimes whole life.
0: Investment linked insurance?
1: Definitely no no.
0: The <laughs> best trait of an insurance agent? Honesty. Life insurance is most often the first financial product we buy. Sometimes, at the advice of a well-meaning friend or insurance agent, It could feel like we can never have enough of it, while others caution against buying too much. But what's the point of getting life insurance? How much should be put into it? After paying for years and even decades, how much of a difference will it make in our golden years? To discuss this, we're joined by wealth advisor Christopher Tan. He's the CEO of Provident. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Insurance is such a huge topic and we won't be able to cover everything, of course, in one episode. So today we'll focus on life insurance Mm because there are people who don't have enough insurance. And I know you've said elsewhere that it's possible for people to be Mm overinsured. So can you break down the key points that we should know about life insurance?
1: Yeah, I don't think just in Singapore, but in many parts of the world. I think a lot of people buy insurance without first understanding their need. They buy the insurance product and then they start to ask themselves whether they really do need those products. I've always believed before we buy our insurance, we must first ask how long we need the insurance. And then we ask how much we need before even deciding what kind of insurance we should buy. So that's the first step that we should really take. And not everybody needs insurance Really? Yeah, because at least for insurance that replaces your income upon your demise or upon disability or upon say a medical crisis, for example, if you have no dependents, well, you might not need an insurance to replace your income loss in the event of your demise. Because if you're gone, there is really no one that depends on your income. So you might not need death coverage. So, these are some of the considerations before one even decide to buy the insurance out there.
0: How do you determine what your need is? Because you mm. mentioned that first you have to understand your need when deciding what type of life insurance to
1: get. So, the first thing that a person must determine is how long do you need the insurance? That's the first step, mm-hmm. right? So, if you are buying insurance to replace your income loss, whether upon your demise, or upon a disability or a medical condition, you don't need your insurance forever. You only need it for a period of time. You only need this kind of insurance until your planned retirement or when you have no more dependents, whichever is later. So let me give an example. So let's say you plan to retire at the age of 60 years old and your children will only be financially independent from you, say, when you are 65 then you need insurance to cover for income replacement until 65, whichever is later, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you plan to retire at 60, but your dependents will already be financially independent from you at your age of 55 years old. You will need your insurance until 60, whichever is later. Now, why do I say so? So assuming today I'm not financially independent yet and I'm 50 years old, let's say, Right, and I'm still working, my kids, mm-hmm. let's say, they are still depending on me for an income, and if mm-hmm. death occurs, or if I'm disabled and I can't work anymore, or if mm-hmm. I've got cancer, I need to be in hospital, I can't work anymore, so my mm-hmm. family loses my income and my wife isn't working. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I've got sufficient insurance to replace that income loss until my children, they are on their own. But let's just say that today, I'm already 65, I'm retired, I'm not working Mm. anymore. I don't have an income and my children, they are all working. And if death occurs to me, think about it, right? I'm not earning an income in the first place. Mm -hmm. There is nothing to replace. And because I'm retired, I've got a sum of money my wife doesn't need my income. In fact, my wife will be very happy that I'm gone. Oh. because <laughs> I don't think she'll be happy. I'm, I, I'm just joking. But you know what I mean, right? There's some of money that was meant for both of our retirement. She can now have it yeah. all for herself. Right.
0: With sadness, of course, with tears in her eyes, she'll take the money.
1: Just for about a month. And then she'll be jumping for joy because no. <laughs> she can have the money for the rest. I mean, her standard of retirement lifestyle just went up double. Right. right? <laughs> Yeah, but joke aside, Mm -hmm. I think we first need to decide how long we need the insurance coverage and Mm -hmm. not every situation you need insurance coverage Mm -hmm. for your entire life.
0: So basically, it sounds like you need life insurance as long as your kids depend on you. That's how it sounds to me.
1: Yeah, so I will not say just your kids. But anyone Mm -hmm. that depends on you because some people, they may still have parents. Yeah, they may have relatives. So as long as you have no more dependents Mm -hmm. and you are no longer an income, if you think about it, there is really no need to replace any income anymore. And so you don't need insurance at a point in time.
0: Right. So you also have to take into consideration how old your dependents are, your kids, your parents, and how long you want to be protected for in an event that something happens to you.
1: That's right. So, if you have children, then we always say it will be when your youngest dependent mm-hmm. becomes independent.
0: Wow. Yeah. Feels like a long time for me. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: You'll yeah. well, come very <laughs> soon.
0: That's an interesting point and an interesting perspective because a lot of times we buy life insurance and we pay these insurance policies for years and even decades, and we wonder. What is it really for? So can you think of an instance when insurance has helped someone greatly at some point?
1: Yeah. So you see, going back to first knowing how long you need the insurance, now that's very important because if we realize that in most situations, we only need insurance temporarily, we will buy insurance mm-hmm. correctly. Most people in Singapore, although I think it's improved now, I think we go on and buy this thing called a whole life insurance, Mm -hmm. right? Now, a whole life insurance is an insurance that covers you for your entire life. It's very expensive, but it may not cover you adequately because the premiums are very high, but the coverage may not be very high. Now, if you buy that kind of insurance, you may be paying a lot, but you are not covered adequately. And so when you need the insurance, you may not have enough. I know I'm answering your question a long way because I need to mm-hmm. set the background but if you realize that actually you don't need insurance for your entire life you will then choose this kind of insurance called term insurance mm. term insurance it's up to you right you can cover it up to 50, 55, 65, 70 years old now it is very affordable and it can cover you a lot mm. and I have known of many instances whereby because someone chooses to buy a term insurance when something happens, the payout is actually sufficient for him to take care of the family as opposed to someone buying a whole life insurance, but because he can only afford that mm-hmm. amount of premium, maybe he has only a sum assured short of 100000 right? So Sarah, I'm just going to give you a bit more numbers just to mm-hmm. make it clearer. So let's say you can only afford a $3,000 per year premium. Mm-hmm. And because you want to buy a whole life insurance, Well, you can only afford a hundred thousand cover sum assured, which is, well, that's about how much it costs on average. Mm -hmm. But most of us, when we passed on, our family definitely need more than a hundred thousand. So you may not cover yourself enough. However, if you have gone to use this $3,000 to buy a term insurance, you'd have been covered with, say, about two million sum assured.
0: Oh, so it means you get $2 million yes. in an event that something happens to you. I mean, your family gets $2 million. That's right. Okay.
1: So your family has at least enough insurance to actually take care of themselves, right? So mm. that's the importance of buying the correct insurance. And how much
0: should we be insured for? Because you gave a difference between you, know, someone who's insured for 100000 versus $2 million. Mm. How much should we go for?
1: Well, it all depends on your needs, and it all depends on how much income you want to replace. So let me just go through it systematically. Mm. So if you are buying insurance to replace your income upon your unfortunate demise, mm. so let's say your family needs $3,000 per month of your income, mm-hmm. even though your husband is working and he's contributing, but your family still need that $3,000 of your income even if you're gone. Mm. So let's take 3000 times 12, that's 36000 a year. Mm-hmm. And let's say you need to replace this family income for the next 20 years until your youngest dependent becomes independent. Mm-hmm. So that would be 36,000 multiplied by 20. That makes it about 720K, right? You need a capital of 720K, yeah. but you've got to minus off those things you already have, mm-hmm. right? Right? Upon your demise, you leave behind your CPF balances, you leave behind your bank, you might have bought some insurance in the past. Mm -hmm. So you minus all these things and maybe you need a safe, for example, you need half a million more. Mm -hmm. So that's the amount you should buy upon your demise. Now, disability income. Now, Disability income, well, in the market today in Singapore, the most you can cover yourself is up to 75% of your income. Mm -hmm. So if you earn $10,000 a month, the most you can buy is seven thousand five. dollars And so if you are disabled, the insurance company pays seven thousand five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are buying insurance to replace your income loss upon you being medically ill, like cancer, heart attack, usually we will suggest that the amount you should buy is about three to four times of your annual income. So if you earn $100,000 a year, you should buy about three hundred dollars to $400,000. Now, why three to four years? Because... The number one killer in Singapore is actually cancer. Mm. And in that three to four years, usually the patient will need to go for chemo, radiotherapy, can't work. Mm. So that three to four years, if you have got a lump sum to give to your spouse, your spouse can still cope with the family expenses. You can focus on your recovery. Three to four years later, you either survive or you don't survive. If you survive, you can go back to work. If you don't, your death coverage will come in. So at least about three to four years of income replacement in the event of a medical condition.
0: I see. So is that different from the life insurance?
1: Yeah. So all these things that I've mentioned is generally categorized under life insurance.
0: I see. Okay.
1: Yeah. So life insurance will include things like buying insurance to cover for death, for mm. disability, mm. for critical illness. They are all under the mm. umbrella of life insurance. Mm. And then, of course, we have another category called hospitalization insurance, mm-hmm. which would be like our MediShield Life, mm. our integrated shield plans. Mm. Yeah, that's hospitalisation insurance. Mm. Yeah.
0: Hi, I'm Stephen Chia, and I host the new season of our podcast, Heart of the Matter. Join me in getting right to the heart of the headlines as we speak with experts and newsmakers to delve deep into the most talked about news developments. Look out for our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. So today we'll focus on life insurance. So you mentioned we have to make sure that we have enough insurance to cover us in the event that we pass away while we still have dependents. Mm. And on top of that, we need to prepare for a potential critical illness that would take us out of the workforce for three to four years.
1: Yeah, so if we look at it, there are three things that will cause us to lose our income either for a long time or permanently. Mm-hmm. A death, a disability, or when we are critically ill. Mm-hmm. These three things, if it happens, our income will be affected either for a prolonged period of time or permanently. Mm-hmm. So this is why I say that, well, we need to consider how long we need this coverage if mm-hmm. one of these three things happen. And so you buy your insurance to make sure you cover yourself to replace that income loss. Mm -hmm. Of course, there will be another type of insurance you need. You should be paying for your medical bills, Mm -hmm. which we can talk about it in a separate podcast.
0: It sounds like we're preparing to die. (laughs) But that's kind of not how I want to view my life. Or sometimes I feel like I don't want to spend my money preparing to pass away early when That's not what I'm trying to do with my life.
1: Yeah, you are absolutely right, Sarah. And sometimes the way I see people buying insurance, it's really like they are preparing to die because they spend so much of their income paying for insurance premiums, right? Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right. And that is really the wrong way to use insurance. Insurance is a contingency plan. You don't want to use it if you don't have to use it. Mm-hmm. Your main financial plan is an accumulation plan. Mm. So as we earn our income, yes, we enjoy our lifestyles, but we always know that we need to set aside some to accumulate towards the day whereby we can no longer work, like retirement. So we save and we save and we save. We earn money, we save. But what can cause this plan to fail? Mm. Well, the minute our income stops, our plan fail. Mm. And insurance When you buy them, it's for the purpose of replacing the income so that your plan can still succeed with or without you. That's the purpose of insurance. It's a contingency plan. Mm -hmm. And we should not spend too much money on a contingency Mm -hmm. plan. The analogy I use is like fire extinguishers. Mm you don't buy a lot of fire extinguishers and you put all around your house, right? So if you have got a 100000 renovation budget, imagine someone comes to you and say, I'm going to spend $70,000 on fire extinguishers because I'm so afraid. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be like listening to this story and you're like thinking, are you crazy? You spend $70,000 on fire extinguishers? Mm -hmm. You should be spending very little, but you buy enough fire extinguishers so that if something happens, Well, you can use a fire extinguisher. Insurance is like that. Mm. You try to buy as much insurance as you can, but spend as little as you need. So that's why we talk a lot about term insurance because Mm. this is the kind of insurance that you don't have to pay huge premiums, but you will cover yourself sufficiently.
0: You make an interesting point. This... Is separate from us trying to grow our money. So this is not a retirement plan. Nope. We cannot expect this to fund our future when we are older and we pay this just in case something happens.
1: That's right. So the way we looked at insurance is that it is not a saving instrument. It is not to be used for investing Mm -hmm. because if you really want to save and invest, there are many other better instruments to use. Mm -hmm. Insurance is a very expensive way to save and invest. Mm
0: -hmm. I remember when I got my first job, Mm -hmm. I was told, you know, it's time for you to pay your bills and it's time for you to buy life insurance. So... Now, looking back, I mean, I didn't have dependents then. And now I wonder, what was that life insurance for? Or what's that I'm paying for?
1: A lot of young people, when they graduate, they're always told that you should buy your first life insurance. Yeah. Not necessarily that's the correct advice, right? I think the first insurance, if your parents have not already bought them for you, is a Mm. hospitalization plan, Mm. right? As a responsible working adult, if you fall sick, you want to be able to pay for the bills yourself, but other than that, if you think about it, if you're a fresh graduate, mm-hmm. if you passed on, your parents may miss you emotionally, yeah. but they are not going to miss your income. You have no dependents, mm-hmm. right? So actually, you don't need all those life insurance that replace your income.
0: So it shouldn't be the first thing that we buy then?
1: Absolutely. yeah. The income replacement should not be the first thing that a young people need to think about. Mm-hmm. It's more the medical that they first need to think mm-hmm. about.
0: So what about those who have dependents, whether they're kids or elderly parents, how should they start then? I mean, you mentioned how much we should look into, how much coverage we need. Mm. Where should they go and how should they go about this?
1: Yeah, so it's the same thinking process. So if I have got a set of parents I need to take care of and I've got Mm. young children, the first thing I need to ask myself is, when I'm gone, how much income do I still want to give to them? Mm. And then I calculate the capital amount that I need minus whatever I already have. The gap is really the amount that I need to buy. And if I'm buying it temporarily, then I just go out there in search of a term plan. I mean, speak to your financial advisor, Mm -hmm. speak to your insurance agent, insist that you want a term plan. Honestly speaking, a whole life plan, because the premium is so high, the commissions are higher. Mm. So salespeople might be motivated to actually push a whole life plan. Now, I'm very careful here because I don't mean all salespeople, Mm. but there could be people who are conflicted and they may want to push you a higher commission plan for themselves. Term plans, because the premiums are much lower, the commission is lower. Mm -hmm. So as consumers, we need to understand what is actually necessary. And when you speak to your financial advisors or you speak to your insurance agent, Mm -hmm. you can at least tell them, no, this is what I want. I just need a term plan because I'm just protecting my income temporarily.
0: Mm. I want to touch on that point about financial advisors Mm -hmm. and insurance agents. I'm sure we've all been approached by at least One, insurance agent, Mm. and you've pointed out that commissions play a part as well. And many of us listen to the advice that we get from financial advisors. How then should we approach insurance agents in light of what you mentioned?
1: Yeah, so firstly, we all have to understand that as long as your advisor takes a commission, there is always that inherent conflict of interest. We are not saying they are dishonest. Mm -hmm. We are not saying that they are unethical. It's just that there is a presence of that conflict of interest. And the only way for us to mitigate that as a consumer is to do a lot of financial education ourselves. Like listening to this podcast is an example, right? If they learn, Mm -hmm. they're going to speak to their advisor and tell them, no, I've heard that it's better for me to buy term. And if your advisor tell you, no, I think it's better to buy whole life, ask why. Mm -hmm. Ask him, why do I need insurance after I'm no longer working? There's no Mm -hmm. income to replace. Ask this person, why do I need life insurance when my dependents are already independent. You don't need financial knowledge for that. It's just Mm. logic, right? Mm. If there's no need, there is no need for any coverage. Mm.
0: But then some would say that a term insurance at the end of your coverage, you don't Mm. get a lump sum. Mm. But if you buy whole life insurance at the end of your coverage, you still get this X amount of dollars. Mm. So at least you don't feel like all the money that you put in for all those years... Mm. Was not used.
1: Yeah. So that is true and that is not true. So (laughs) I know I'm like contradicting myself. The reason why, when you pay for a whole life or any of those insurance plans that come with cash value, is Mm. because you give the insurance companies extra money to save for you. So let's say you are buying a hundred thousand term and a hundred thousand whole life, just as an illustration, right? So if you pay for a hundred thousand dollars some assured whole life, let's just say that the premium is $1. Mm. Now, if you buy a term plan, the premium might be $0.10. The coverage is the same, but you have given the insurance company $0.90 more for the whole life plan so that they can save for you. Now, the $0.10 that you pay for the coverage, whether for the term or for the whole life, is never returned to you there must be a cost in insuring you and the insurance Mm -hmm. company is not a charitable organization. They will take away that 10 cents, right? Mm -hmm. So the only reason why you are getting some money back from whole life is because you pay the insurance company the extra 90 cents. Now you can do the same with your term plan. You pay 10 cents for the term plan and with the 90 cents that you avoid paying, Mm -hmm. you can actually go and save it yourself or you go and invest it. Mm -hmm. Now I've heard... Some people say that, yeah, but I do not know how to invest. I do mm. not know how to save. Yeah. Or advisors will tell me, yeah, but not every client is like that. They don't know how to save. They don't know how to invest. But that's the job of the advisor, right? The same advisor that advises you mm. on insurance, surely is also his job to teach you how to save and invest. And even if you are not a risk taker, there are many safe instruments out there, bond funds, for example. And in this period where inflation is high, Singapore Savings Bond, for example, Mm -hmm. Singapore Government Securities, for example, there are plenty of options. And it's great because when you buy a whole life and you don't like how the insurance company is performing for you, Mm -hmm. the bonuses that they declare is low, the problem is you cannot terminate it because Mm -hmm. you terminate it, you lose money. But with a term, if the investment part is not doing a good job for you, you can always change it. You have full flexibility
0: is this something that we have to keep tweaking along the way? Should we keep reviewing our insurance products to make sure that we have enough or can we kind of do it one time and forget about it?
1: Yeah, so the product, if you do it one time, you can forget about it. So you don't Mm -hmm. need to buy a term and you keep tweaking the term. Mm -hmm. No, there is no need. It's a very simple term. But you know, Sarah, because our life change. We are at different life phases. Sometimes we may have the birth of a new child. We may be earning more income and there is a higher income to replace. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Things change. And so because things change, our needs change. The amount of our coverage may change. Mm -hmm. And that is when you need to review your coverage to see whether, firstly, you have enough coverage and whether you are covering for the things that you need to cover. For example, when you first graduate as a student, you may not need death coverage because if you die, you don't affect anyone. Mm -hmm. But as you move into marriage life, then you need to review and realize that I need Mm -hmm. death coverage now because I have dependents, right? Mm -hmm. So you review regularly for needs that may change. But once you buy a term insurance to cover for it, you don't always have to go and Mm -hmm. try to tweak the term and all that. That's Mm -hmm. not necessary.
0: You know, I've heard too that it's better to buy insurance when you're younger. Mm. They say you're going to regret this if you don't buy now and you end up buying whatever is offered to you. Mm. From what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like we shouldn't buy life insurance for our kids then. Because you mentioned some of us may have gotten some kind of insurance product by our parents. And as parents, sometimes we think, should I do something like that for my child? What would you say?
1: I think in financial planning, there is always a priority of needs. Mm -hmm. Why is there a priority of needs? Because we all earn that limited $1. Mm -hmm. So if I earn that limited $1 a month, and I spend all my money buying things that I don't need, Mm -hmm. I end up having very little to accumulate for the future and live a life right now. Mm -hmm. So if you think about young children, right? When a child is first born, it's the first priority to buy a whole life cover for the kid. No, because if the kid dies, he's not going to affect me financially, right? Mm. So the first insurance I need to buy for the kid is medical. I need to buy a hospitalization mm. plan. I may need to buy a critical illness plan, but I surely do not need to buy a plan to replace income loss. Mm. Now, I know parents, because of the love for the children, will say, yeah, I just want to start this person yeah. correctly. And then at 21 years old, I will give the plan to him, you know, and all that, right? Yeah. Now, not wrong. But is this the priority right now? Mm -hmm. So you might want to say, let me buy those things that are necessary first. Mm -hmm. After I buy all the necessary insurance, the next thing is I should start saving for my children's education. That's the next priority. Mm -hmm. And then after that, whatever excess money I have, I should save for my own retirement. That's an important priority. Mm -hmm. And then after that, the next priority is I need to live a life right now. Yeah, right. that's important. Yeah, that's important, right? And after I have (laughs) set aside money to live a life right now, then I look at myself and say, do I still have spare cash? And if I have spare cash then I go and buy those things, that I may not need it right now, Mm -hmm. but I don't mind buying it out of love for the child. Mm -hmm. So we have to think like that.
0: What happens though if you realize you've bought too much insurance Mm -hmm. and now you're thinking, man, I'm still paying for things I don't really need Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm locked into this plan. What do I do?
1: Yeah. So my experience is most Singaporeans buy too much insurance in terms of premium payments. okay, But they might not be covered sufficiently. So when we say buy too much, I don't mean that they are over covered. It's they buy the wrong sort, the premiums are just too high. Now, so what do you do? Now, I think it's a complicated process, but you need to sit down and ask yourself firstly, whether you can still afford those premiums. Mm. Secondly, whether you need more coverage. Now, if you need more coverage, but you can still afford those premiums, don't terminate because early termination usually means you lose money. Mm. Then you've got to buy some more insurance but please now buy the right ones. Mm. But if you need more coverage but you have no more money to buy because your existing insurance is so expensive already, mm. then you need to sit down with a trusted advisor to restructure your insurance. The insurance that you have bought, find out whether you can go back to the insurance company and lower the premium payment. Mm. It's possible. Okay you go back to the insurance company, you tell them, I want to lower my insurance premium so the coverage will also drop. Or, you can say that, well, I really don't need this insurance anymore. If your child is old enough, Mm -hmm. assign the policy to the child, your children continue to pay for you. Mm -hmm. Or, you may say that, I really don't need this insurance anymore. I want to terminate it. Well, there are now third-party buyers that buy insurance off the secondary market. Mm -hmm. That's one consideration. Or, If all these choices, they don't work for you, then finally you terminate. But terminate insurance is a very serious step to take because sometimes after terminating, you cannot buy anymore. So please sit down and work with a trusted advisor before making that decision.
0: A lot of things for us to chew on, Chris, and that's including how we should understand our needs and understand our families' needs. We should ask ourselves, how long do we need coverage for and how much should we have covered? Mm. And life insurance, it's not about growing your money. It's not about preparing for retirement or saving. But it's really about replacing any income that would be lost in an event that we pass away while we have dependents.
1: Absolutely. That's a good summary.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Most it welcome.
1: It's a pleasure.
0: You've got the basics down. And next week, Chris returns to talk about the most important insurance everyone needs to have. Medical insurance. The team behind this podcast is Jacqueline Chan, Audrey Wan, Daniel Lee and Crispina Robert. And you've got a refreshed slate of audio material you can listen to on your commute or your workout. Go to the CNA website or app, look for the listen button and subscribe to the podcast. you like if you have thoughts, ideas or even stories you'd like to share, please write to us. The details are in our episode notes. Till next time, this is Sarah Calde.